Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. It's nice when you can play, uh, I think, around 50% completion, which is just terrible. And then, um, you know, to, to have a win on the road in a hostile environment, it's a good team. So, yeah, that's, that's you know, nice knowing that we have that. But, um, you know, there's, there's still a standard that I try and set for myself and try and, you know, hold myself accountable to. So I need to do that. I think my footwork was clean. Um, just about making the plays when you're there. I, I really don't think it's that complicated. Everybody's going to try and make an excuse. I, I pretty much hit on it after the game. Just got to make the damn play. It's that simple. Baker Mayfield, Browns quarterback, discussing the issues with his accuracy. It is affecting the offense. Fortunately, they have a great defense. When you give up six points one week and seven points the next, you're more likely to win those games no matter what your offense is doing. Peter, Baker Mayfield has a partially torn labrum in his left shoulder. That happened when he foolishly tried to make a tackle after an interception against the Texans in week two. That surely is affecting him in some way. And I'm not saying it's time to bring in Case Keenum, but Case Keenum has shown in the past that he can get it done when working with Kevin Stefanski. But they need to do something. This Odell Beckham Jr. connection just isn't working between Mayfield and OBJ. They've got the running game, but you know they expect more out of Mayfield. He expects more out of himself. Maybe it is an injury thing. I don't know when it gets better, but it hasn't been good from a passing standpoint the past couple of weeks. But, I, you know, I'll say this about sort of the long term of of a season. And, Mike, you talked about it a few minutes ago, how in a 17-week season, the highs and lows. You know, we talked about how the Rams were the king of the hill a week ago. They get obliterated by the Cardinals. Now it's the Bills. And, and it, it, things change so much every week. But I'll say this about Baker Mayfield. You know, I, I and obviously... I don't know what effect the uh, the labrum in his left shoulder has to do with his right. I'm sure it's got to be very uncomfortable when he makes throws and especially when he gets hit. But my feeling is that Kevin Stefanski is one of the smartest guys in the NFL right now in in all things offense. And he has to know, particularly with a strong offensive line, they've wanted to be the counterculture NFL team anyway. They, why do you think they have two number one running backs? 
their backup running back won the NFL rushing title as a rookie. And so I, I, I think they are very comfortable right now with basically saying to their offense, there's nothing wrong with winning games 21 to 13. They all count the same. And at some point later in this year, in a big game when we need to be explosive, we will be explosive. Because, Mike, I'm just telling you one other thing. I think when you don't have Jarvis Landry, OBJ, I think it really has a major impact on what Kevin Stefanski can call and wants to call because of the defensive pressure and defensive attention that Odell Beckham Jr. has. But Beckham was open multiple times last week, and Mayfield just flat out missed him. And again, I don't know whether that's yeah. their inability to connect or Mayfield restricted. He was 15 for 33 last week, and he targeted Beckham seven times, completed only two passes to him. But the running game is great. 21 carries for Nick Chubb, 14 for Kareem Hunt, and they keep churning up the yardage. The defense, though, has been playing so well, they're going to keep winning games. They've got the Chargers this week. This is... This is a sneaky great game. It's Pete Demolitis raised the it's question yesterday. Has there ever been a Browns Chargers game when both teams were this good at the same time in the history of both franchises? Both are three and one. The Chargers are looking great, and uh, you know that that defense of the Browns is going to win this game right now. That's what's carrying this team. If they're going to win the game, I'm not sure that they will. I think I picked the chargers to win. Who the hell knows? It was yesterday. I forget everything about yesterday already, except last night's game. But uh, it's, this, this could be a great game. And this is a real test. And this is kind of like the same idea as Bill's chiefs, couple of teams from different divisions, same conference, Three and one, three and one. If you're gonna if you're gonna have a meeting again in January, you you want to have the home field advantage for it, and that tiebreaker plus the game you pick up in the standings, four and one versus three and two, huge huge difference in this game, based upon uh, who ultimately prevails. Mike, let's go back to 2016. It's only five years ago. In 2016, Brandon Staley was the defensive coordinator at John Carroll right there in the Cleveland area. And in 2016, the Cleveland Browns were 0-14 when right, I believe it was Christmas weekend, or right around Christmas, that weekend, the San Diego Chargers came to Cleveland. And the Cleveland Browns won one of the ugliest football games in the history of the NFL or in the history of any professional sports league. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns won to go 1-14 and, and to avoid the 0-16. But by the way, they didn't avoid it for long. 7-6 <laughs> was the final score of that game. 7-6. And it was... No, 20-17 was, those... was the final. 20-17. There was a 7-6 yeah. around there somewhere. Um, well, it wasn't yeah. that ugly then if they scored 37 total points. But, yes, that was Phillip Rivers oh, was and ugly. the Chargers. And they went to Cleveland, and Cleveland got their win to avoid 0-16 for a year. Next year is when they would achieve the 0-16. Uh, but should be a great game. Um, and, uh, uh, again, could be a playoff preview just like Bill's Cardinals or Bill's Chiefs. I'm looking ahead. 49ers, Cardinals. Cardinals 4-0, 49ers 2-2. Jimmy Garoppolo has the injured calf. He basically ruled himself out for a week or two after the game on Sunday against the Seahawks. And then Kyle Shannon said, no, no, maybe he'll play. And now Jimmy G is back on that script. Maybe I'll play. We don't know. 
whether it's going to be Trey Lance or Jimmy G, just the way coaches like it. They don't want the Cardinals to know what's coming. Two different quarterback styles. But, uh, yeah, I look, either way, the Cardinals, I know they should have lost to the Vikings, could have lost to the Jaguars, but they're the only unbeaten team in the league. And what they did to the Rams on Sunday, that's our most recent memory of this team. They, they have shown that they can compete with the best teams in the NFL. Mike, remember late last year, the reason why I think everybody regarded the Arizona Cardinals so lightly coming into this year. Remember the last two weeks of last season, Arizona's nine and seven. Everybody said, man, the Cardinals are coming. Look at some of the wins they've had this year. And they got two games left. They got the 49ers at home and they're playing at the Rams. And at the time, the Rams offensively were very, very shaky. So I think everybody thought, and that was the time when the 49ers had to relocate to Arizona. Remember that? And it was just a weird situation with COVID. And the 49ers are actually living in a hotel right next to uh, the stadium in Glendale, Arizona. It was just a bizarre year. But anyway, everybody said, okay, the Cardinals, it's set up perfect for the Cardinals. And what happened? They scored 12 points against the 49ers and lose at home. Then they score seven points against the Rams and lose in L.A. So in their two biggest games of the year, they scored 19 points. And and that's why I think coming into this year, everybody said, eh, I don't know about the Cardinals. And so credit to Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, uh, and also bringing in A.J. Green. Credit to uh, uh, Steve Keim, the GM, because A.J. Green has been a good guy for this team so far. I never thought it would be that way. But that's why I think coming into this year, that's why right now I think the Cardinals are a surprise to everybody. And the the key to this game, I think, in many respects, what can the 49ers defense do to slow down Kyler Murray, who is the MVP frontrunner right now? Still a long way to go. He's been spectacular. Cardinals have been great. To me, though, it you know, it feels like, there's always that correction weekend where the team that gets ordained early and is yeah. they, they 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 come back down to earth because it still is the NFL and every week it's a grind and every week you've got to be ready to go and any given week you can lose and the 49ers are getting closer and closer to desperation a preseason Super Bowl contender that's at two and two they fall to two and three and the Cardinals go to five and zero oh. it's going to be a lot harder for the 49ers to win the NFC West. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we return, how will the Urban Meyer situation in Jacksonville end? We're going to look into our crystal balls on that and other topics when PFT Live continues. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I had um, at least three or four conversations with uh, Shad. You know, a message is loud and clear, and I agree with. Um, owning a stupid mistake that I made, um, and that uh, the job of a coach is to, number one, health and safety of a player. Number two is motivate him and bring out the greatness in him. And number three is uh, give him everything possible to be successful and get have a great locker room. And then get the heck out of the way. And I apologize for distraction with a huge week coming up. I thought at the time, you know, now that I maybe thought it through, but I thought at the time this is a chance for everybody to clear their head, including myself. Of our leadership committee, I had at least, you know, eight to ten phone calls even where they called me and they were over the top supportive and said we well, got you man we, we move forward you know common thing was coach we all did stupid things and uh i'm really impressed with our guys at uh, at any point over this whole last few days uh did you ever feel distraught enough to consider resigning at all no Urban Meyer under siege this week, the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach, a siege of his own making because he stayed behind in Ohio after the Jaguars lost to the Bengals last Thursday night. The things that he did got the attention of social media. That got the attention of anyone and everyone who would say, why didn't he go back to Jacksonville with his team? Why did he essentially abandon his post before a huge game against the Titans? It is time for today's speed round brought to you by Verizon, the official 5G network of the NFL. And Peter King, let's start right there. When and how does it end for Urban Meyer in Jacksonville? It ends based on performance on the field, unless Urban Meyer does something stupid again, uh, like he did last Friday in Columbus, Ohio. Mike, you don't get fired because you uh, went out to a bar and you did a couple of inappropriate things. That's not, in my opinion, those were not fireable offenses. Correct. Uh, that, you that get fired for abandoning your post. You get fired for not going back to Jacksonville I, with your team. You get fired for not busting well, your ass every day like every other NFL head coach does. That's what you get yeah. fired for. Here's the, here's the point. Here's the point. Here's the point. All right? I think it's absurd that he didn't fly back with his team. Somebody in that organization should have said, you can't do that. You got to fly back with your team. You wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning. You take a private plane to Columbus and do whatever you want to do in your three-day-long weekend, or whatever it is. I agree. It was a dumb thing to do. It's not a fireable offense. It just isn't. Those two things combined should do, do not mean that you ought to get fired. Well, I think time will tell. If he's lost his locker room, and Michael Silver's reporting has been very aggressive on this point, that he has essentially lost the locker room, that's a problem. And the other side of it is this. When he shows up for work on Monday, and he's chagrined and he's questioned and he says things what did he say about doing whatever it was that he was doing what version did he give and will any eventual investigation that may be conducted by the Jaguars either openly or discreetly confirm the accuracy of what he said or debunk it 
Those are things that remain to be determined. Peter, I think there's a chance that he won't be flying back from London with the team, depending upon how these next two games go. And a lot of it's on the players, as he said, kind of ironically, but also accurately. It's on the players. If they come together and they stop this 19-game losing streak, yes, 15 of them don't stick to Urban Meyer, but all 19 of them stick to Shad Khan and the organization. They could become only the third team in NFL history to lose 20 in a row. If they get outclassed and embarrassed by the Titans, that's not good. And then they pack it up and they go to London to play the Dolphins. If they get outclassed and embarrassed there, that's not good. You've got all the other stuff that may be gurgling in the background. It could be over as soon as 10 days from now. It could be. I mean, you know, hey, Mike, you know what? I could be 69 years old, but I'm not. I'm 64. It is, oh, I, I mean, you know, Look, I'm just so let's see, you, Peter, let's I'm see just what happens. Tea leaves. Peter, a lot, when does this I ever happen? That. When did a coach, when did a coach I, I ever not fly you're back with his tea team? leaves? But yeah, I, I understand you, you are reading the tea leaves, but the bottom line is we'll see what happens. I don't think even two bad losses get him fired. I mean, it's just, I mean, we knew, everybody knew. What did you think at the beginning of this year? All right. I thought that the Jacksonville Jaguars were going to go about, I don't know, three and 14, something like Vegas that. Had him at, Vegas okay. had him at six and a half over under, six and a half. Whoever bet the under on that is already they're spent excited their money. about Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor Lawrence in the first three games of the year had multiple interceptions in each game. And Urban Meyer, you know, what did, what did Vegas have the first year of the, Jimmy Johnson in 1989? I don't know what he had. But Jimmy Johnson and Troy Aikman, I doubt they had him with an over-under of one win. And that's what they won. The Jaguars stink. They stink. And, you know, to, to, to make this like, oh, my God, if they lose by 20 each of the next two weeks, there's a good chance he's getting fired or whatever it is. But it's not because they're bad, Peter. It's just another factor. It's another factor. It's another log on the fire. It is a log on the fire, but I don't think Shad Khan looks at it that way. I just don't. He's the only log that matters. I look at the possibility of a couple of blowouts being the end because it just shows that he has lost the team if it happens. That's the point. It's not that they stink. Of course they stink. It's that they're not responding to a guy that they they don't trust. Could they lose by 20? Could they lose by 20 if they're trying valiantly? The Jacksonville Jaguars, could they lost by 16 to the Houston Texans, an expansion team. I mean, could they lose by 20 in any week? Yes, absolutely, unequivocally. I don't think, how do you know it means that he's lost the team? And what exactly does that mean? A guy whose future is dependent on how he plays on Sunday is going to go out and half-step it and, and give it 45% because he, he wants to see Urban Meyer fired? That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. We call this the speed round. We never specify what speed we're operating at. So <laughs> this is slow speed speed round today. When and how does it end for Big Ben in Pittsburgh, Peter? You know, Mike, I think he plays this year and they play him through the course of this year until and if the Steelers are way out of it. And then at the end of this year, I think Mike Tomlin basically says, I'm going to take a look at my two co-number two quarterbacks, and I have no idea what you would call Haskins and Rudolph right now. But 
I think at some point you owe it to your organization when you're out of it. And, you know, a couple more bad losses and we're going to be closer to that than they are to contention. But I think it ends when they are significantly below 500, don't have a chance to make the playoffs, and then Mike Tomlin sees what he has for next year. Yeah, here, here's my theory, and I've been pushing this all year long. The moment that they acknowledge it's time for Ben to take a seat, they're never going to bench. I mean, it's funny. I saw some breathless reporting yesterday. The Steelers won't bench, bench Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, Mike Tomlin said it the other day. Don't, don't, don't sell me. Oh, the sources say they're not going to bench. He said it. He said it. We're not going to bench him. They won't bench him, Peter. They'll put him on injured reserve. He's got hip issues. He's got a pec issue. He's got this. He's going to have more because he's going to keep getting hit. They will put him on injured reserve. It will end with a whimper, and he'll never come back again, except for maybe. I was looking at the schedule. If they're out of it, and if the Browns already have their playoff spot nailed down, week 17, Monday Night Football, Browns at Steelers. It could be almost like a Joe Montana one last hurrah. Remember that game against the Lions, Monday Night Football, late in 1991? Bring him back for one last hurrah. If he's willing to do it, that may be what happens. But I, I think that he ends up on injured reserve as soon as after next Sunday night's game against the Seahawks if they keep losing. Last one real quickly. When and how does it end for Russell Wilson with the Seahawks? I'm unconvinced that this is it for him. I really am. Uh, because to me, I think the way Pete Carroll thinks – is that as long as I have Russell Wilson as my quarterback, as long as that happens, uh, that we are going to have a chance. The minute we get rid of Russell Wilson and go into full rebuilding mode, that's when we get into 6-11-ville. And I do not want to live in 6-11-ville. Now, I'm not saying that Russell Wilson won't force his way out, which he very well could do. But in my opinion... It ends in Seattle if and when Russell Wilson either forces his way out or when Pete Carroll says, I can make more out of the three ones that I'll get for him than I can with a quarterback who's really unhappy to be here. Well, and looming over it is the fact that his his contract will be up for renegotiation soon. He played hardball with them the last time and got close to top of market. Well, the market has changed since then. That, that's going to be part of it. How much do we have to pay him to keep him happy versus what can we get for trading him? And he's not happy. And the defense is horrible. And maybe we need to do a full rebuild. And maybe now you know, nobody knows who's really calling the shots above Pete Carroll. At some point, they, they, they turn the page on Pete Carroll if this defensive performance continues to be as bad as it's been. Uh, I think this is it. For Russell Wilson. I think he'll be somewhere else next year. Maybe the Giants. Who knows? I think he'll be somewhere else next year. All right. Let's take a break. Coming up, it's the Week 5 Show Me Something draft. Pro Football Talk is brought to you by Verizon, the official 5G network of the NFL. I said they, they got to wake up with their piss hot. So, uh, you know, you just got to be ready to go. And that's that's reality. That is the way it is. It's just a mentality. It's a mentality. It should naturally be hot, right? 
Well, enjoy your breakfast. Courtesy of Matt Floor. <laughs> a little hot piss talk Mike, on a Friday morning. Mike, hey, if they hey, can Mike. say it, we can say it, right, Peter? Yes. I was I was totally unaware that your urine changes temperature based on whether it's one o'clock in the afternoon and you're about to play in a football game, or it's seven thirty in the morning and you're eating breakfast. I was unaware. Did you know that? I had no idea. I was not aware. <laughs> if you have a fever, I mean, it's 98.6. It is warm. If you ever give a sample, you pick up that cup for the first time. It's like, holy God, what the hell is this? Uh, anyway, uh, enough of that. Let's get to the show me something draft for week five. Peter King, you are up. Mike, the biggest show me of this week, at least in my opinion, is show me something Josh Allen. Because, look, you can say whatever you want about how we're new teams. It really doesn't matter. It's one of 17, blah, 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 blah. We all know that this is a huge game for Josh Allen and for the Buffalo Bills. Lost by 14 and 8 points to Kansas City last year. Kansas City, if they win this game, basically uh, is even now with the Bills uh, in the you know in the overall standings, and they've got the tiebreaker edge on them because they've won head to head. Show me something, Josh Allen. Show me that you're not a 56 percent passer in the very big game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Great choice, uh, and and yes, top of my list as well. Next one for me though, Derek Carr for a very specific reason. He got called out by Joey Bosa after Monday night's game, and Bosa said if you hit him, he gets shook, and he curled up like a ball when Christian Covington sacked him in the second <laughs> half. Well, he also was protecting the football too, but Carr wasn't happy about that, and he's not going to see the Chargers again until the final game of the regular season. The next opponent is the Bears, and it's Khalil Mack, the guy who was drafted to the Oakland Raiders at the same time that Derek Carr was, and he, he's got to show, you know, he, he, he's sensitive. He's sensitive. He's got to show to himself, to Joey Bosa, to the Bears, to everyone else, that he doesn't get shook if he gets hit. He's not going to curl up in a ball, although I still think he did the smart thing. You're protecting the football when you do that. But Derek Carr, show me that, that you take that criticism from Joey Bosa and channel it into something positive and not fall behind by 14, 14, or 21 like they have three of the four times they've played this year. Show me something, Urban Meyer. First of all, show me something by behaving like an adult. And secondly, show me something about doing your job. With extra rest, three more days of rest than the Tennessee Titans have. Tennessee comes into Jacksonville, a wounded Tennessee team. Show me something, Urban Meyer, that you can get your team ready to play a competitive football game against a division rival in the middle of your personal maelstrom. Show me something very big on Sunday, Urban Meyer. I considered him as my first pick, but then I realized that I would be more likely to draft him for the don't show me something. Because we've seen enough over the course of the last eight days from Urban Meyer. <laughs> it's time for him to fade into the background and not be videotaped, photographed, apologizing, apologizing, and apologizing again. Next one for me is the 49ers quarterback, whoever it may be. I don't know who it's going to be, 
Maybe they do, and they're just playing a game, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance. You're going against the Cardinals. They're unbeaten. You're 2-2. Two and two. This is desperation time for the 49ers. If they want to be the team that they think they can be, and they came into this season thinking, hey, we just stay healthy. We're going to be right back there in the thick of things. We're going to be potentially in Super Bowl 56. they got to win this game. they got to cool off the Cardinals, or the Cardinals potentially are going to run away with that division. Show me something, the offensive line of the Pittsburgh Steelers, collectively, five guys. There's no position group in the NFL that is more under fire today than the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line. You've got an immobile quarterback and you've got a running game that has been crap all year. When all offseason, every emphasis of this team was to build the running game back better than it was last year. Instead, it's worse, and you're getting your quarterback mugged every week. Show me something, Steeler offensive line. Last one for me, and then we'll take a break. I'm going to go with Dak Prescott, but not in a way that he's under pressure. This is a circumstance for him. This is an opportunity for him to prove to himself and everyone else that he's back and he is better than ever. And that is taking on the Giants week five at home, 364 days after he suffered week five at home against the Giants, a badly broken ankle. And, you know, somebody said to me, oh, they really screwed him with the schedule. They you know, got the Giants coming to town. I mean, second, no, this is his chance. He's already proven it through four other games that he's back. This is the moment where same stadium, same team, same circumstance, and you come out and you light up the Giants and you move the Cowboys to 4-1. and one. Let's take a break. We'll wrap up this Friday edition of PFT Live right after this. The NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet is giving you a chance to win $160,000 this week, and it is free to play. It includes Irish Pick'em for Notre Dame against Virginia Tech, and $100,000 is up for grabs on Sunday Night 7 when the Chiefs host the Bills. Download today from your app store or visit NBCSports.com slash predictor. Peter King, we haven't talked about the New England Patriots. They they played well against the Buccaneers. Could have won, maybe should have won would have won under different circumstances. They're one in three. They've got the Texans this week. They're nine point favorites. They're in Houston. They should win this game easily to get to two and three. But how concerned are you right now about the Patriots? They got the Cowboys at home. They're zero and three at Foxborough this year. Is this a team that can turn it around and be a playoff contender? Boy, I'll tell you, it's going to be tough, especially with that schedule. I mean, look, they're eight and twelve post Brady, and. I look at last week as a win for them because I think Mac Jones played well and I think their defense as importantly played well. I think they get to two and three this weekend and then I think next weekend they play a good, creditable, uh, you know, competitive game against Dallas. They might even beat Dallas next week, but this week and next week in playing the two teams from Texas – Obviously, they can't go 0-2, and I think there's a chance, Mike, that they go 2-0. After the Cowboys, they get the Jets, but then it's at the Chargers, at the Panthers, Browns. Oh, boy. They got some tough games coming up, and they're going to have to earn it if they want to get back into it. Real quickly, we're almost out of time. Do you think Belichick should have gone for it on 4-3 or kicked a 56-yard field goal? We haven't discussed that. He absolutely should have gone for it on 4-3. Slight wind in the stadium. Heavy rain, 56-yard field goal, and a kicker whose plant leg wasn't perfect. And look, he almost made the kick. 
I mean, it was it was inches. And then from Tom Brady would have driven you know, down the, the field and won the game. game. And Brady would have won the game. See you Monday. Yeah. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.